cupcakes. Welcome to Water Damage with your host, Gil Mancha. This is my chronological discussion of the King of the Seven Seas, Aquaman. Disclaimer, I will be actively getting and collecting issues as we go, and I'm going to try to only cover issues that I have a physical copy of or are in a collected edition. I'm going to try to stray away from digital because I love physical media, but the DC Universe Infinite app would be a great way to keep up with the podcast. In today's episode, we'll be covering Adventure Comics 174, The Whale That Was Wanted for Murder. Links will be in the podcast notes. This issue was released on March 1st, 1952. Let's take a look back at what else was happening that day in history. The best-selling single on this day was Cry by Johnny Ray and the Four Lads. Popular TV shows were Space Patrol, The Gene Autry Show, the George Burns and Greasy Allen Show, and I Love Lucy. Oh, and Queen Elizabeth II was named Time Person of the Year in 1952. That's a taste of what the world was like when Adventure Comics 174 was released. I'm reading this thanks to Aquaman, a celebration of 75 years. As of recording, this issue is not available on the DC Universe Infinite app, so outside of this 75 years book, I'm not sure where else you can find it commercially available. Just like all the other issues we've covered here, Adventure Comics is an anthology of stories, and this one is the second one in the issue. That's a huge leap, usually near the end, sometimes near the middle, but this one is realistically the best it can do, when compared to Superboy, anyway. Again, it's called The Whale Who Is Wanted for Murder. Catfin is visible only in one panel of the story and is depicted as green. It's hard to say for sure, but I'd like to think from here on it's just going to be green. The story was written by George Cashton, penciled and inked by Ramona Fradden. This cover of Adventure Comics, you guessed it, focused on Superboy, so once again we'll focus on the first panel of the Aquaman issue. Aquaman's name is written in red, which is the most common color. We're at the sea while several ships are pointing harpoons at a giant whale that has a white birthmark. Amongst the group, however, is Aquaman riding a dolphin and is about to throw a sp- Beer, with a rope attached. The text really drives the point that Aquaman loves his aquatic friends and won't turn on them for anything. But he's there aiding men, hunting down the whale that was wanted for murder. I'll add that the dolphin is an accomplice. Since the comic isn't on the DC Universe Infinite app, I can't read you guys the About This Book section. After the break, we'll summarize the issue. Is Aquaman finished? Can you make it to the bathroom before we return with part two of the show? What it do guys, Majime here, and if you like board games, especially deck building games, you should check out at Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. There we have unboxings and games of Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, the DC deck building game, the Transformers deck building game, and many more. That's where you can find VODs of this and Dawn of Pod, where you can directly leave a comment and we can discuss the issues. The Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure. Featuring Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and your favorite comic book superheroes in their own adventure stories. It's 60 minutes of thrills and fun. Next, on most of these stations. We start the story in the North Sea and Aquaman, King of the Deep, gets stuck between two icebergs. It doesn't tell us how, like he was between them and a current pushed one to sandwich him. No, he's just already trapped. He's been shown to be stronger than the normal man, but he's not 
super strong, maybe like peak physical conditioning level. Since he doesn't do the fingers on the temple to send out circles to communicate to his sea friends, he simply taps on the ice creating a sort of aquatic morse code. Moments later, a giant black whale with a white birthmark comes to his rescue, but Aquaman has his doubts. He tells the quote, black beauty, that the iceberg might be too heavy to budge, even for you. Not taking that as an answer, it musters all of its strength to push the icebergs apart. Amazed, Aquaman tells him how lucky he is that this whale came to rescue him, and that any other would not have been strong enough. We skip several weeks, and the local Coast Guard is asking his crew of seamen that if they bring in the killer whale, they'll get $150,000. Aquaman can't believe it. He knows Black Beauty is no killer. There's a wanted poster for the whale on the wall of the Coast Guard building as well. Which is kind of funny. You can tell it's a Black Beauty because of the drawing, and it has the white birthmark. Aquaman goes to Captain Harris, saying Black Beauty is no killer. Harris isn't so sure and refers Aquaman to Captain Vern. Vern is more than happy to explain. But in the next panel, there's like five sentences of thought where Aquaman's thinking about how he thinks Vern bought this fleet with profits that he made from diamond smuggling, but he hasn't been caught. He even has his hand over his chin while in deep thought. Vern explains that last week their ship ran into and killed a baby whale, and all of a sudden Black Beauty started following and destroying ships in the Vern line. With all that happening, this mad killer needs to be stopped. Not sure if it matters, but Vern genders Black Beauty as a he. Anyway, Coast Guard agrees and asks Aquaman to head the posse because the whale will listen to him, which sounds crazy manipulative, and there's definitely a conflict of interest. In his head, Aquaman questions this because he knows Black Beauty is innocent. After a bit, Aquaman reluctantly agrees since a law and order supersedes friendships. The group sets out, some seamen excited to get the prize money, and here's where we see Aquaman riding a shark. I was thinking he was riding a dolphin at first, but it has the side gills and razor sharp teeth. This is an instant, so days later Aquaman gets to Black Beauty. He notices that Black Beauty is still sore from having helped him in the beginning of the issue, so he knows he hasn't been attacking ships. Before he can try to talk others out of hunting the whale, they spot Aquaman and the whale. The ships quickly close in and they throw a depth charge into the water, which looks like an explosive barrel. Acting quickly, he gets a giant hook to grab it and Pal Shark swims to a remote area with a rope attached to the hook so that it explodes and no one's hurt. Relieved that they've averted disaster, Aquaman started devising a plan of his own. But when he came up, the crew already had Black Beauty caught in the giant net. Acting fast, he calls Sawfish to cut the nets. After Aquaman comes back from the radio room, the crew take the harpoon launchers. Aquaman dives into the water, and a sea eagle catches the harpoon with its talons. Knowing the eagle can't catch several harpoons, the seamen just start shooting all their harpoons, and Aquaman's plan for that is several hard-shelled turtles that just block the harpoons. He loves using turtles. The next part is the hardest to follow. Aquaman starts rubbing a transparent shell with silver nitrate from the ocean bed to make a workable film plate, and gets the combined light from 1,000 glowing rayfish and the power from an electric eels to power his makeshift x-ray machine. Still underwater, he uses it to get a peep at what's inside Black Beauty and why someone would want it captured. Here's where we get our quote of the issue. Do it again! Aquaman gets the results of the x-ray. There's a picture of some jewelry, and he says, Just as I thought. The famous Jocelyn Diamond brooch worth one million dollars, which... Vern was trying to smuggle into the USA. No wonder he was willing to pay $150,000 for Black Beauty. 
the absurdity of Aquaman seeing the image coming to the exact correct conclusion screams we're at the end of the issue and we need to wrap things up in the last three panels. It's just like a Scooby-Doo explanation times 100 and I love it. Somehow he's able to get them to stop so he can explain everything at the station. Aquaman tells Ted, the Coast Guard guy, to recall a time where they looked for a brooch on Vern's ship in the past and turns out he'd thrown it overboard and Black Beauty had swallowed it. Then knowing he couldn't track the whale himself, he devised a plan that incriminated the whale so they'd be forced to get Aquaman's help. Ted the Coast Guard asks Aquaman how he was so sure Black Beauty couldn't be guilty of sinking ships. Aquaman reveals that's because he was too tired from saving him from icebergs. It's so weak right now he couldn't even sink a rowboat. The end. After the break we'll go over some thoughts and feelings about the issue. Wait a minute. That was no joke. Somebody tried to kill me. That or we're not paying Mr. Slippery enough. Holy Neptune's trident. This has to be the work of the Legion of Doom. Hey, there's an echo inside my head. Echo. 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 Um, you echo. okay, Aquaman? Echo. Echo. What? Oh, no, no problem. It's funny that we started the issue with this great hero being inexplicably stuck between two icebergs. Narratively, it's actually necessary in helping him believe Black Beauty was innocent. The X-ray machine was a bit much for even for a comic. It almost felt like a Flintstones contraption. So much so, I'm surprised he didn't just use an eel as a battery instead of charging it like he did. I do take issue with Aquaman's magical ability to solve the issue by MacGyvering an X-ray machine together. Even though not pointed out, Vern threw the brooch overboard and Black Beauty must have been swinging by and yawning so it accidentally ate the prized item. That's likely what happened and they should have just told us, but it's not like they established that Vern saw Black Beauty eat the brooch or had a reason to think that it wasn't just lost at sea like multiple objects thrown overboard would be. I think it also means he stole it if Aquaman and the Coast Guard had been looking around his ship for it, but that sort of explained when Aquaman was thinking about how they'd suspected Vern but could never catch him red-handed. Overall, I thought it was a decent story, but the pacing was pretty bad at the end. Like they ran out of space and had to hyperspeed the resolution. What do you think? Did you read the comic? Let's continue the discussion on social media and the YouTube VOD. You can find me at Thunder on Twitter and at Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want a broader look at DC Comics, check out Dawn of Pod, a Dawn of DC podcast on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Manjame out. Oh, man. Glad that stopped before things got worse.